this is that other sports show. Let's go. gentlemen boys and girls we are back it is not international fight week but it has an international fight week feel if you love combat sports this is the show there's going to be 0.0 basketball talked there's going to be 0.0 football talked although i really want to talk about naheem hines i believe is his name the running back for the bills that got hurt i believe this morning while skiing but he got hit by a by another skier, and he's he's done for the year. I want it, but we're not going to do that. We're not going to touch on no, that. We're, no, Jesse and I are going to do so much football. August, September, October, November, December. That this might truly be the last show that you get before it's just football related from here on out. It's just going to be. An absolute clusterfuck. This is when, again, if you're an old school listener of the show, if you're a fan of the show, you're going to get real familiar with the territory that we go into because we just really start ripping and running on these hour and a half, two hour shows. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. By the way, Jay Valdez is here. Oof, it's a rough, rough start here, Jess. <laughs> I am with the great Jesse <laughs> Thomas. He, we are back. Jesse. <laughs> It's already hot, and so I'm going to start blaming the weather. It's already warm outside. It's 90 degrees, and we are taping at 11 o'clock West Coast time, so heads up. How are you? How is the weather, my friend? Uh, the weather's finally calmed down today. It's actually cloudy, a little overcast, a little cool. It's probably like 73, 75-ish. It's not bad. I'm not sweating. Uh uh, unlike Derek Lewis, the great Derek Lewis, my balls are not hot. <laughs> we right got now. time though. We got time. They, there's plenty of time for that to happen. But uh no, they're relatively cool right now. Yes. Uh life is looking pretty pretty good. We'll check back in on your balls before the show ends. All right, cool, man. <laughs> All right. So we are back again. Jess, we're not talking baseball, even though we got about sixty games left for every team and I really want. I'm really interested in what happens with the San Diego Padres here moving forward. Do they disassemble? Do they trade guys? Everybody wants to talk Otani. Lord knows what's going to happen. We're not doing baseball. There's really flat line basketball right now. So we're, this is where we're at. We're doing combat sports. Yeah. Yes, we've got boxing, and it may be the biggest fight of the year, non heavyweight. We've got an absolutely stacked UFC this week. We've got some stacked UFCs coming down the deck here, coming around around the bend, if you will. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to watch both the UFC and this fight at the same time. And worst case scenario, I will probably, like gun to my head, I'm only going to watch one. I'm probably going to lean Spence Crawford, which is criminal to say as excited as I am for Poirier versus Gaethje too, the BMF fight. Again, in my opinion, these, you know, the, the, the let's bang bro 
Hall of Famers, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to figure this out. It's tricky, Jess. I really want to start Spence Crawford. Uh, Jess, I think you agree here. This is a fight that we're all looking forward to. I'm going to start really without going right into the 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 who wins and who loses, if you will. But just a little bit of background. This is, in my opinion, the best pound-for-pound fight that you could possibly book, maybe in any division. I think you can argue that this, this is pretty much it. Like, you're taking the A side versus the A side. There's, this is the Rock versus Stone Cold that first WrestleMania where both guys are just so fucking hot. Now, where some of my some of the decision making in in my pick and my who you got, if you will, it's determined on what's happened with Spence, which he was in a fucking terrible car accident here in the past year. Has it been more than a year? Has it been two years? I think maybe it's been a year and a half. It was bad. And uh, that really worries me when you get into a car wreck that bad, how you truly recover in any type of real physical sports like a football or, or, or combat sports, more in particular, where you're getting your head rang. Uh, Jess, give me some linear, linear some scratches, surface thoughts on this fight, please. Uh, it seems to me just, uh, again, I'm not the boxing connoisseur as my friend Jason here is. Uh, but I tend to try to keep up when I know we're going to talk about boxing. So, like, I went back and did some research, like any good co-podcaster would do. And it turns out that this fight is major. Like, it has all the wheels and deals of the biggest money fights in boxing history. And it could potentially be that way. We're talking around, you know, the the type of fight like Manny Pacquiao uh, versus Floyd Mayweather. Um, I think that I think that Jessica, because I want to do more like a if if I'm trying to do comparisons, and maybe this is really aging myself, but I look at Mosley versus De La Hoya when they first fought, and this was probably like 2000, 2001, 2002, where both dudes are still in their absolute primes, and stylistically were just incredible matchups, and they just had great fights but go ahead uh, go ahead continue no so um the the other thing i'll piggyback off of that comment is that both these guys have actually i mean in boxing a boxer's prime can come and go at different times or it can start later on it can start earlier um some people would argue that both these men have already been in their prime and could possibly be coming out soon and then, of course, with Spence Maybe being it. that Spence being in that that horrific automobile accident, and then uh, and then Crawford staying as busy as he has, uh, both these guys have a ton of wear and tear. And I think, from what I've been understanding, at least, and you can correct me if if I'm wrong, but this fight is something that people have been clamoring for for years, and it just never was able to manifest itself into a boxing ring. Yep. So now here it is 2023 and we're getting the much older, much more weathered versions of these two boxers. However, I believe Crawford pound for pound is like third and Spence is fourth. So it's not like we're losing a ton of luster on it, but some people are arguing that this fight could have been a lot better, you know, six, you know, five, six, seven years ago. 
I think these guys aren't in their. I think what are they? What are their age wise? I don't think they're both in their thirties yet or early thirties. But also, I think you got to keep in mind when you come back from the car wreck. I think that's a big deal. You know, that's that sets you you back your fighting career, everything back a year, eighteen months. I mean, it's almost like you don't want to say you're starting from scratch per se, but you are physically starting from scratch with regards to, okay, what can, can I walk? Can I move my arms? Where's my back at? Where are my limbs at? What am I, can I be in just good physical shape or can I be in fighting shape? Can I be in elite fighting shape? I think those are all things that come into play. All right, let me take a tune up fight. Let me see. Okay. Now I'm here and again, I'm fighting one of the top, as you said, three or four ranked pound for pound in the world. Uh, that That's pretty elite. Uh, I'm <clears throat> I'm interested in where the fight goes, and so we'll dig into this a little bit. Traditional Southpaw versus a conventional fighter. Crawford loves the switch. I can see a scenario where Crawford says, you know what, I'm going to go uh, Southpaw for a round. I'm going to go Southpaw for a minute here, a minute there. The, the switching of stances, the you know, we've seen it from a lot of fighters throughout the years. I think Crawford does it better than anybody at this point. Uh, Spence is going to be the conventional southpaw. He's going to he's going to stay in his lane. He's going to throw a lot of straight hands. Uh, I this doesn't seem to me, Jess, like the bull matador fights that we see a lot of times in boxing, or the ay ay ay. It's a it's a counter puncher versus a counter puncher. This this is going to be a boring fight. I don't think it's going to be like this. I think we're going to get Two dudes biting down middle of the ring, slinging and uh, punching, counter-punching, again, at the highest level. Now, <clears throat> to give you my who you got, Jess, and of course, we'll go to who you're, your who you got next. But my who you got is pretty simple. I'm going to go with Crawford. I think Crawford wins the decision. I can see in eight rounds of four. I can see him taking over the latter parts of the fight as we get into the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round and really dominating the championship rounds. I think Spence is going to be good to go uh, for the four rounds, six rounds, possibly eight. But I think as we get into this, you know, the, the deep waters, if you will, this fight, uh, that big injury, which I keep coming back to, plus fighting uh, the elite, because I think Crawford truly is the elite. I think those are a recipe for disaster. And I, I think uh, Spence has a bit of an uphill battle and I'm going Crawford via decision, Jess. Who you got? You know boxing more than me, but I'm going to have to disagree. Um, I'm going uh, Errol Spence. Uh, Spence's uh, his southpaw stance is always difficult, and I, and obviously Crawford is a switcher, and he does it well, and he does it often. And uh, uh, I think that the one difference here is something that we've actually been talking about in MMA uh, last couple weeks, a couple few cards is I believe more in Errol Spence's body work than Crawford's attack in general. I think that Crawford is a slow starter. He he likes to pick and choose his punches, and and that's what makes him great technically. Uh, but against such a sound competitor as Errol Spence is, I don't think that he's going to have the opportunity to necessarily pick and choose. He's going to have to attack at some point in time. And I think Spence is going to be waiting for those those moments uh, I think he, Spence will probably clear this uh, fight uh, by decision. Um, I'm guessing somewhere like, uh, like you said, like in like a, I'm thinking seven to five or something like that. It's going to be a close, a close uh, war. 
but at the end, I think everybody will be happy with the outcome. It'll be an, an exciting fight because both these guys, they bring it each fight. And so if you are willing to put your money on this fight instead of watching the UFC, I can absolutely understand where you're coming from. I think that it may be the best thing that could happen for boxing fans is we get that knock them, drag out, slugfest type of fight. You know, we love to reference Moreno versus Figgy. We get that type of fight. But for all 12 rounds, maybe a controversial decision, the Triple G Canelo type decision where you go, damn, this could be 7-5 either way. This guy got a knockdown and the other guy got a knockdown. Uh, I'm hoping we have one of those fights for the better of boxing so we can return and have a second fight, uh, but this time not the same night as a UFC card, (laughs) which is absolutely (laughs) fucking stacked. Good golly, Dana. What are we doing? Yo, shout out to these promoters, and not just Dana, because we always know Dana's going to big dick swing with the best of them, but these other guys that that are connected to this fight for going, no, we're going to go ahead and have this fight the same night as the UFC, which is just putting on an absolute stack card. Jesse, you and I started, uh, I guess, again, scratching the surface of this card, and we've decided to make a business decision and not touch the prelims. Even though Derek Lewis's balls are hot and Jesse's are still, I'm assuming, are still cool at this point, he is fighting on the prelims. It's the same. We're going to give the same pick as we always do with Derek Lewis, right? He's either going to knock a guy out or he's going to gas and, and get knocked out or get tapped out, running out of gas. Like, like what are we doing, Jess? <laughs> uh, so this fight is he's, – he's getting stubbed out. Uh, Rogerio De Lima oh, is wow. – uh, he, he, he's a very he's, – he's very underrated right now because people don't really know him. He's only had a few fights or so in the UFC. He's won those fights. Uh, his competition is not the greatest, but let's let's be real, man. Derek Lewis has got famous for the way he speaks on the mic, as so eloquently as uh, he and puts on it. Twitter and, and podcast and on Twitter and on you know on just the just him his personality made him because he's made some cash. But as far as fighting's concerned, like if you just avoid those first few you know flurries. You know, and not maybe not get caught with like a lazy hook somewhere like later on in the second. You're probably gonna put this guy down. And uh, again, Marcos Ruggiero de Lima is uh, he's very underrated. He's gonna take uh, Derek Lewis down. I'm guessing right away. I don't even think he's gonna waste time. He's gonna take him right away. He's gonna finish him with some sort of somewhere within the first two minutes of the first round. Dana is once again just absolutely struggling and battling and. Doing everything he can to find any type of heavyweight. Once this Jones thing happens, Lord knows which way we're going here. He's going to just absorb smaller companies in Brazil just to find a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so well, Tom, Tom Aspinall, <clears throat> Tom Aspinall, he he's he's not looking like any slouch as long as he can stay healthy. I mean, he so just Jess, pulled off that huge win. Uh, what yesterday? We were, and we, were tooting, we were tooting his horn, Jess. You and I were both tooting his horn pre-injury. I mean, he had yes, he had a freak injury. Much. What are, what are you gonna do? And it, and that fight was this past weekend. We were definitely just kind of breezing over it. It was an impressive win. Um, that was one of those wins where you just got to get one in the column. 
just to know your back, just to know your footing's good, just to know hey, I, can still, I can still do this at the highest level, the pressure of it and all that shit's not going to break me. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're just, they really got to build some stars. They got to find guys here. And Derek <laughs> Lewis, once again, fighting is, is a prime example why on the undercard, though. So what are you going to do? All right, Jess, let's skip over He's this lost undercard. like six straight fights, man. I mean, that's how bad the UFC heavyweight division is. They want people who just want an American heavyweight rise oh. to the top. And you see some of these these clunks just these old clunkers getting just tossed back out each time and like they're like come on man please beat this brazilian come on man come please beat this you know and we don't have the heavyweights in our division especially from the u.s side of things to compete right now except for john jones and he's already been around the block for the last 15 years or something like that so maybe i gave us one fight at heavyweight and he gave us one fight at heavyweight, which, you know, was impressive. But I think that we all called it. I mean, I don't think that there was anybody except for myself, maybe. I, I don't know if I if I said John Jones was going to lose. But, uh, I mean, John Jones is what, what he is. And you, you, when he fights, it's what you get. So they're looking for some new up-and-comer. And I'm telling you, there's a couple. There's obviously the Pav. And uh, oh, that's a fight that, that our boy, the Pavs. Hey man, he's Russian, but we love him because he's exciting. He's big. He's confident guy. He's very, you know, he's very durable in the the cage. He's all those things. He he knows what he's he's doing. He's ready for a shot. And now you know what we have. We have another contender out in in England with Tom Aspinall. So I think that you just got to start taking what you got and just working, you know, working your ass off promoting these guys. I think that you're you're making incredibly valid points. And we're in this weird gray area that we always discuss where the UFC needs to create stars, homegrown stars or stars that aren't necessarily uh, taken from leagues that they, where they've already been able to show their skill set on a, on a wide platform, if you will. If they're able to grab these guys from these small Brazil events or these small Russian events or things of that nature. But, but you're right. You know, they got a guy like Aspinall. They've got guys floating around where you go, what are they going to do at the end of 2023? Who's going to be, who are going to be the guys at the beginning of 2024? When Jones has kind of made it clear here, Hey, I'm, I'm out. I'm out here after this fight. I don't have much more to do. Okay, well then, who's next man up? Who who's Dana looking at? Who is the UFC looking at? Because the heavyweights are always going to be the rock stars, if you will, of combat sports. Where as much action we love to get out of the 135ers and the 145ers, people want to see the heavyweights, the general audiences, the guys, the level, the guys and the gals, a level below a casual. When you're at live events, Jess, you know this. When heavyweights come guys. out, when heavyweights come out, everyone stops looking at their phone because they want to see. Let's just bang, bro, at a heavyweight level. So, one hundred percent. We'll see what they do. Let's jump into this card, Jess. Yes. This is why. This is why I said we got to do the boxing stuff first, and then jump into the card because we'll start going into different lanes and different avenues when we do the show with shit like this. Kevin, the Trailblazer, Holland. 
He's fighting Michael Chiseya. This is such a weird matchup. And from what I'm seeing here, I'm seeing a minus 150 on the Holland side and a plus 125 on the Chiseya side. Kind of seems like a break-even fight, Jess. Who you got? I'm I'm going with Kevin Holland. I think that uh, uh, Holland's athleticism is still lingering around. He's, you know, definitely uh, back and forth a lot uh, over the past couple of years in, in his career, but he's won bigger fights than he has lost big fights. And I think that Michael Chisea, although is a very good opponent, and I think that stylistically he's going to make this fight very exciting because he's also not afraid to stand up and, and, and take exchanges and make exchanges. The only thing Holland is getting taken down, Chisea's ground yeah. game is is slightly better than Holland's. And yep. so if Holland does get taken down and get into a predicament on the ground, Chisea could end up getting him subbed out. But I think that if it's going to stand up or stay up fighting, uh, I think Holland wins by a, a TKO probably late first, early second round. Very simple formula, right? If Holland gets taken down multiple times, because he's always good to get up once or twice in, in, in these skirmishes. But if he gets taken down multiple times, we start getting into the second round, late in the second round, and he's getting taken down, and Chisea is turning this into an absolute dogfight, Holland's in trouble. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think Holland's going to find a way to keep this fight standing and do just enough in those first few minutes to land a big strike on Chisea and finish with a TKO knockout. Just like when it. we were doing our pre-show... I said, holy shit, Tony Ferguson is on this card. He's fighting the ninja, Bobby Green. Is Bobby Green the ninja? Or am I thinking of, some, am I thinking of uh, Ninja Roberts? I might have him mixed up. I feel like Bobby Green has had such a unique career. And we, you know, we love to talk about the greatness, if you will, uh, of Tony Ferguson and, and how he is, uh, you know, we almost want to put him in that NHB level when it comes to fighters, a truly just scrap guy. Uh, but Bobby Green's got a little bit of that, too. He's got a little bit of that dog in him, if you will. Uh, Jess, who you got? This fight, it looks super exciting. And I'm not saying it's not going to be, but I wanted to take Tony Ferguson just based off of when you think of certain fighters, your mind automatically goes back to like when they were fighting in their prime, like yeah. before they got knocked out 13 different times. And so, like, I started thinking about all these Tony Ferguson fights and all of his crazy antics. His, you know, the way he would stand kind of weird or awkward and, and it would just work for him, right? Spinning well, kick. Later, yeah, just now later on, though, here we are, 2023, and Ferguson's been far removed from his skull like three different occasions in the past, like probably year and a half or so. And, and Bobby Green is a hard puncher. He's kind of guy. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to be the most flashy guy in the cage. He's he's a do it by the book, by the numbers kind of guy. Well, I think that he's all he needs to do is land one solid shot and he's going to get Ferguson hurt. Uh and that's what unfortunately <laughs> I'm leaning. I'm leaning Bobby Green TKO. Uh I'm going to go second round. Yeah, I'm piggybacking off of you hard this show, which I completely enjoy. Um val a lot of valid points there. The biggest one being Green has no problem biting down on his mouthpiece and turning this into a fight. And you calling him the paint-by-numbers guy, the Sean Strickland type, the three, four, five punch combinations. He's got a little bit of speed behind that, and he's definitely got some pop. And those consecutive yeah. losses, I know Ferguson's lost to elite guys, right? Gaethje, Oliveira, Darius, when he was on his come-up, 
Chandler, Diaz, with Nate. No, no shame in any of those losses, but they're all kind of bad losses. And uh, I just, I, this is not a trending up, trending down. This is just a weird styles to make fights. Ferguson's in the, in a really weird area of his career where this, to me, just does not look like a great fight. And I, I agree with you. I think Green wins. I can see Ferguson winning a decision. I can see a scenario where Ferguson just three, four, fives gets his way in and out, and just just does a little bit more and wins the decision. But but I I think Green gets a stoppage here sometime in the second round. Uh, I like Green by knockout, and I say it sadly. I say it with undertone in my voice. It depresses it, me. It's, it's okay though. That this, this, this this fight absolutely represents like the old school warrior mentality type of fight. You know, you're too yeah, wound up and then on their on their way down warriors who have fought that style their whole entire careers. And here they you're finally getting to meet inside the cage, inside the octagon. And this is something that when Tony Ferguson was on his up and coming, uh, Bob Green was nowhere to be found. He was not anywhere close to fighting a guy like Tony Ferguson. And so now here we are and they both get to fight each other. And they both stylistically are going to make this a very exciting fight. And I think it's a great way for both these guys to just kind of end their careers. Not saying retire now, but like these are the fights that they need to take from here on out. I think, if, and, and again, it's so weird when you think about Ferguson really being that like four years ago, it was like, damn. He can't lose. He's too fast. He's too slick. He's got a granite chin. We were doing that with Ferguson. He's got a granite fucking chin. Uh, and then you know, combat sports is a mother, man. And I, I, I hate this fight for him, honestly. And, and, but, I mean, with I am sure he is such a competitor that he loves this fight because he thinks, no, oh, this is going to truly test me for where I'm at in my career, in, in my – where I'm truly where I'm at. Uh, let's keep it moving here, Jess. Michael Perea. Very interesting fight. Is it Michael Perea or we got it wrong? Which Perea is that? Is it Marcus no, Perea? Michael. Michael? I got it right. He's fighting Wonder Boy. He's fighting Wonder Boy. These are pretty even Steven odds. Minus 170 for Thompson, plus 145 for Perea. Who you got? I honestly like, uh, again, another one of those fights that you kind of re- rethink if you're making the right choice. Uh, Michael Perea, I think, hits harder. He's got a little bit more of that bulldog mentality. And I know that for years, everybody wanted to make the correlation between Wonder Boy and Lyoto Machida because of the karate stuff. But Machida would tear uh, Wonder Boy times in a row. Like, it's, so there's really no correlation except for the fact that they both do karate. Uh, but what Steven Thompson does well, avoid big strikes. Now, he has been caught before, obviously. Uh, we can't avoid them all, but he does relatively well at avoiding the big strikes. And I think that he's going to lure Perea into a bull matador fight that you like to talk about so much. That's what we're going to see with this fight. Thompson's going to throw some of those oblique kicks, uh, snap out some of those famous jabs that he's got, and then kind of drop Perea in. Exactly. Try to draw Prey in so he can then, you know, get more into maybe a, a, a clinch type fight or a phone booth fight, or he can maybe even take him down to the ground because people forget that Stephen Thompson uh, also has a pretty decent ground game. But my choice here is Wonder Boy by decision. 
I'm going to surprise some people. Mm. People are going to think that I'm just piggybacking off people, but I'm not. Mm. This is, and hear me out. Hear me out. Young Black Wicks is coming off an injury and heal and try to get to uh, a certain spot where he was before. Um, so he's been out for his last fight was against Ankalov. That was back December of last year. So he hasn't fought for almost a year. And how much I thought of that he won that it, fight? If I'm trying to remember it, by the way, go ahead. Uh, it was it was a draw. Um, I scored it. I scored it. How you scored? Uh, I I I I also scored it. Uh, yawn. Razor thin. Razor thin. Yeah. But that was another telltale. Another telltale sign for me. Also, like, is he at the end of his you know his dominant reign? And yes, he's got a tremendous record. Yes, he's beaten some of the best. He's one of the only guys in the world right now that can sit there besides the guy he's facing across from the cage this weekend and say, hey, I beat Izzy. That, I mean, that in itself is a feat. And, of course, being the champion, uh, that freak lost to Glover. Um, but here's how it goes. Out for a long time. A lot of that time has been just healing, sitting around, rehabbing, you know, and then how much time has he really been able to get back into a cage somewhere and start sparring, going rounds, boxing, jujitsu, grappling, wrestling? How much time has he had to do that and put that onto his body so his body gets used to it and it feels like it did before the injury? That always worries me, especially when your first fight back is Alex Perea. This guy is a killer, man. You can you can look at you can look at his MMA record and be like, ah, it's not much, but you know he's got big wins, including uh, uh, beating uh, Israel Adesanya. Uh, and if you go to his kickboxing record, that thing is miraculously. He's he's a killer with his legs. He's a killer with his feet. He can beat you in so many different ways, and I just think this is a terrible first time for first match back. After an injury for Jan, I'm going Alex Prea. I'm 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 gonna go knockout. I think Jan gets caught by a head kick, something crazy like that, and uh, and he goes down somewhere in the uh, second or third round. My number one question is this: Will Perea's power carry to 205? That's it. Because if he looks it carries, pretty damn big, if he boy does he. <laughs> <laughs> when it if it carries to two oh five, then that's a fucking absolute problem, and he's going to fuck up a lot of people in that division. And let's just fast forward to him versus Yeri, because that's that's where it's at. Yeah. Um, if his power does not carry, this is a great measuring stick because Jan's been cracked by a lot of hard hitting dudes at two oh five. Um, I lean Jan. I lean Jan decision. I think that he's going to make this an absolute meat grinder, bump him up against the cage, get inside of his phone booth, grab his arms, trip, take him down, just make it an ugly fight. You know, maybe a little bit of the old Randy Couture when you're looking to wrestle, I'm going to strike you. When you're looking to defend the wrestling, I'm going to pop you. And when you're looking to stand high in your guard, I'm just going to shoot for your fucking legs. Uh, I like, if this was a five-round fight, I think I'd have a little bit of a different ass, a thought process. But in a three-round fight, I think Jan definitely wins the second, third round, just getting ugly trip takedowns and just 
doing enough on the ground where you go, yeah, I got to give that one to Jan. Uh, I like Jan via decision. Just let's bump you know, it up. Now that you mention it, now that you mention it, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on this also. Rare for two disagreements in one show, yep. but I think having a three round fight leans towards Potan beating Jan because he can use all every bit of that power without having to waste it in the in the fourth and fifth round. I think that if it was five, I would probably lean Jan, think, thinking that he's been in championship rounds multiple times. He knows how to handle five round fights. Uh, Prey has been in two in which uh, I think both of them went fairly deep. But, you know, uh, to, for a guy like Jan, who does kind of push and bull his way through his opponents, I think that's uh, – it, it would be it would be tougher for Perea to get through a five-round fight with Jan. I think given him – he just gets to unload for three rounds. See, I think – I lean more towards when I saw Perea knock out Izzy, and it was – he was able to outlast them. The power stayed with him through four or five rounds. Or when, when he get knocked, when he knocked him out, end of the third round, I believe it was end of the third round or end of the fourth. Yeah, round. something like that. Third or fourth. He was able to keep his power and knock knock out Izzy later. I also think Perez got a decent gas tank just from all the combat sports, just all the kickboxing. He's fighting eight round fights, ten round fights in the in those combat and those kickboxing uh, tournaments or fights. I'm sure I'm sure some of those exhibitions he might have even fought twelve round fights. So I, I I'm leaning on. It should be good. It would not surprise me at all if the power did survive over and he was able to catch Yon, but I'm I'm leaning on and we've reached our main event just Dustin, Dustin. I I feel like I said Justin, but I swear to you, I said Dustin. Twenty nine and seven. Justin Gaethje, twenty four and four. I can't, man. This fight was unbelievable the first time. I believe it was three rounds the first time they fought, and so now we do get the five rounder, and we're pretty much even. I see a minus one fifty for Poirier, a plus one twenty five for Gaethje. Just who you got? I don't even want to pick. I both. <laughs> this is what we I did on my last list fight. of like both. Just I, both I'm these guys are so. Please do, please. I know, but I'm saying this. You're right. I I wish we would have listened back to our first. Uh, who you got on this? Because we were like tug of warring. Like, man, I don't know who to go with. I think I'm gonna go here, but I'm not sure. And we're about probably about to do the same shit with this pick. Both these guys, okay, so fighting, they are very, very different in fighting styles. Poirier, much more technical. He's more of a boxer. Maybe you can throw boxing style, um, but definitely very traditional boxer. Uh, good footwork, good stance, uh, uh, good head movement. Uh, Gaethje is just like a wild berserker where, I mean, we've seen him try to slow himself down. And I feel like when he tries to slow himself down, that's when he gets hurt from other from the opponent. <laughs> like he's better just going he's, berserk. He has to style. be controlled chaos. He just has to be controlled chaos. Otherwise, he's, oh, he's out there. Oh my goodness gracious! He's subject to counter strikes. <laughs> but again, two very different styles, but so even on like if you just if you watch the how they fight, if you watch how they fought the first time, very very even, just straight across the board. 
And Poye, uh, not afraid to just, you know, again, one of our favorite things to say on here, just bite down on the mouthpiece and just go, go, go deep, you know, throw, throw hard punches. He's not afraid to do that. He's got a pretty stellar chin himself. He's just coming off of, of a submission and a very hard fought submission win over Michael Chandler, by the way, a fight that I believe Chandler was winning until he got caught. Uh, but Poye still pulled that off. And Gaethje is coming off of, I think he's won like four or five straight, something like that, since since his last loss, uh, which uh, uh, I believe it was a championship fight. But anyway, both these guys have not fought lesser competition in years. They've only fought the elites. And now here they are again fighting each other. And I honestly don't know who to pick. You have to pick somebody. I'm gonna. You gotta Good do that. Okay. Uh, I'm. You know what? I'm gonna go. It's not gonna be rinse, wash, repeat. But if I had to put money on it, I would put money on Poye. Poye is just a little bit. He's just a little bit more calm and controlled in the cage. He handles the pressure a little bit better than Gaethje does. Gaethje gets under the pressure, and what you see happen is he gets manic in the cage and just starts winging punches and kicks and shooting for takedown attempts that no one should ever attempt from that area like that angle or whatever like we've all seen that's that's kind of his style when he gets in in trouble uh poirier is a little bit better under the under the gun so to speak uh, while in in the cage and so if i had to put money on it i put money on poirier but i'm going decision no finishes so since their last fight 2018 poirier won that fight and then he knocked out alvarez Lost a decision to Holloway, lost a decision to Khabib, beat Hooker, knocked out McGregor, knocked out McGregor, lost to Charles Oliveira in a fight where he dropped Charles, and then he just beat Michael Chandler. How unbelievable is that roster of, again, these guys have both fought nothing but murderers rows, especially when you look at who uh, Gaethje just fought, which was Fiziev. And I believe both of us picked him to lose that fight. We were like, yeah, this is just a bad matchup. And and so when you look at uh, his fights, by the way, since that fight, where in the hell is it? Here it is. He knocked out Vic, knocked out Barbosa, knocked out Cerrone, knocked out Ferguson. He got submitted by Khabib. He beat Chandler Decision. He lost a, a fight to Oliveira, where he as well hurt Oliveira, and then he beat Fiziev. What an unbelievable! These guys both have just fought murderers' rows since they fought each other. Um, I, Those records I'm are like, ridiculous. Unbelievable! You're either beating the elite or you're or you're losing to Khabib, like this fucking word, or Charles. Like it's like they're beating elite guys or they're losing to Charles or they're losing to Khabib. Like, there's absolutely no shame in that because you're losing to those guys when they're in their absolute fucking primes. Um, man, Jess, I'm with you, dude. I really am. I just think Poirier is a little bit more crisp in his striking. And unless Gaethje can land that big hook early when they do the bite down on their mouthpiece thing, He's just Poirier's just a little bit slicker and just a little bit more crisp yeah. and a little cleaner with his threes and four punch combinations. And that's what you need to throw 
to knock out Gaethje. You don't go there. You can't go into a fight with Gaethje going, I'm going to outpoint this dude. You got to go into that fight going, I need to fucking kill this guy, knock him out. It's the only way I'm going to beat him. He's probably going to fucking hurt me in this fight. I got to just bite down on mouthpiece and fucking let's bang, bro. I've used let's bang, bro, so many times in this show, Jess. If you want to go ahead and name it the let's bang, bro show, I'd appreciate that. That's how it's going down. I'm going Poirier, and I'm going Poirier knockout. I think he knocks out Justin sometime in the fourth round. I don't think it goes all five rounds. I think these guys beat the shit out of each other for three rounds, and uh, sometime in the fourth, uh, Gaethje gets caught. They're both going to be exhausted, but it's going to be enough, and uh, I like Poirier. I can see a scenario where we're going into the fourth round. It's like Gaethje's won two of these three rounds. But he's tired. Uh, um, I can see a scenario, and I'm sure you could too, Jess, where they both bite down and Gaethje just catches him and knocks Poirier out clean because he just has that type of power. And we've seen Poirier knocked out. Like it's, it's to me this this isn't this is another. If these guys fought ten times, I don't know if. I don't know the outcome of them, I, other than to say I'd probably lean Poirier in majority of them. Maybe he went six out of ten, seven out of ten. I don't know. Um, I'm going Poirier. I'm, I'm going Poirier knockout round four. We're not gonna hear. We're not gonna hear any shit talking leading up to it. Like maybe minor stuff, but nothing like towards you know the guy. Both these guys have a lot of respect for each other. They've already been in the cage, so they have an even greater respect for each other. I expect this fight to look almost identical to their first fight because I don't think that either man knows how to fight any different. So you're going to have the same styles that they came into in their that first fight. They're gonna It's going to happen again. It's going to be amazing and electric, and, and it's going to knock people's socks off. So... I mean, it's 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 a hell. This the the main card, the port, the pay per view portion of this of this pay per view is pretty rock solid. Uh, so I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm not gonna suggest that you guys go out there and spend eighty bucks on it. If you want to stream a little bit, maybe you know, yeah. you know, do what you gotta do. Do what you gotta do, guys. Hey, you know, just stop this. Hey, we're in a bad economy, folks. Of our show, we got nothing but ballers listening to the show. We got high rollers listening to the show. These guys drop. These guys will pay eight hundred. What is eight hundred? Eighty dollars for one pay per view. Have it on one TV. They'll pay seventy dollars for the other pay per view. They'll have it on their other TV. They'll have multiple TVs. Yeah. Listen, Jess, we're just barely scratching middle class here, and, we, and but we broadcast just absolute ballers. I'm talking about guys. The elites. Just seven, eight figures in the in the in the account, multiple accounts. I mean, they're just living the dream. Again, they the listeners of this show, they're listening on yachts. They're listening on I mean, possibly Caribbean cruises, having a good time doing their. I don't. Things. I don't want to to spread rumors, but. The guy who owns Twitter may or may not listen to our podcast. I'm just saying. You, you, what you're saying is you can't confirm. I can't confirm nor, nor deny. deny. I, won't, I won't confirm nor yeah. deny. Which I understand. Jess, I feel like okay. looking at – I'm looking at the time. This is an all-time in-the-can show. We are fucking done. We're usually – with the warm-up as well. This is going to be like a 45-minute fucking show when it's in the can. Let me clean up a mess real quick. I was comparing uh, – Chandler Gaethje earlier when I was referring to Gaethje um, 
who the fuck's he fighting right now? Jesus Christ, I'm losing everything. I'm trying to clean up my mess, and I'm making Poirier. more of a mess. Poirier. <laughs> I was I, I got him mixed up because they said they fought recently. They haven't fought recently. It was a few years ago. But I was thinking in my mind, oh, these dudes just banged. It was channel. It was Chandler. Well, and 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 the other reason for that probably is because I believe Dustin Poirier it just fought Chandler, not not like super recent, but fairly mm-hmm. recent. It, so it was in that are, mix. Yeah. Look, but man, I know, like, but I'm I'm those, those guys are all amazing athletes. I would love to see Poirier Chandler and Gaethje just fight each other round robin, like for like you know. I do remember we did a show when we did a pick them for that show though, because I remember specifically I was like Jesse, we got to do a pick them for the show because of this fight alone. So it's it's somewhere out there on uh, one of our great streaming services. Jess, we got time to hit some plugs. Let's uh, hit every plug possible. Can we start here if you don't mind? No, I, I just I got I just shout out say, real quick. Shout out, shout out, shout out to our girl Meatball Molly. Yes. She suffered a horrendous loss yesterday, but she's still one of our face. We love you, Meatball. I watched I watched three fights on Saturday. Four if you want to count the Cam, the Cambosis fight, which I fell asleep watching. But uh I did watch Aspinall. I did watch Meatball Molly had some family over. So I had like I was kind of watching it, kind of not. So I missed 80% of, of the this past weekend's UFC. Other than waking up and turning it on at like 9.30, there were fights at 9.30 a.m. And I was like, wow, UFC is not fucking around with this apex. And then I found out after the fact it was in London. I'm like, oh, okay, it, it, this makes sense with the timing now. But Jessica, let's do this. I feel like we're doing a bad job of shouting out all streaming platforms because there are multiple ways to listen to this show. Can you please shout out all streaming platforms? Uh, yeah. So we have uh, the Spotify podcast, the link that is originally sent out. You can find us there on the Spotify podcasters link. But if you have Spotify, then you can go to Spotify and go to their podcast section and you can look up that other sports show and we will be right there. You can see that nice, glorious logo of ours you can pop it listen to it subscribe to it comment on it give us a five-star rating if you would you can also do that on apple Podcasts, which is fairly easy to find as well just go to the apple store go to the podcast section and then uh, look us up again that other sports show and you'll see again our glorious logo it'll pop up hit it subscribe listen give us some five stars please Comment, please let us know what you think. Uh, we love feedback. We're not, we're not, we're not uh, bad at taking criticism. As a matter of fact, we prefer that you give us, a little, you criticize a little bit, if you will, please, because that makes us stuff. get better the next time around. So, anything on the comment section would be great. You can also now go to Variety Sports Network, which you can find on Twitter, and they're linked to their uh, networking section of podcasts at variety underscore sports underscore. If you go to their link, it'll bring up their YouTube section. It'll bring up their podcast networking section and all the, by now I I feel like it's almost a hundred different podcasts that they have going on. Just tons and tons of information, lots of regional stuff. And then on occasion, you'll get a couple of boneheads like us who just throw in everything and then you can just click and subscribe, click and subscribe, click and subscribe. Please go to their YouTube page at Variety Sports Network on YouTube. A bunch of their podcasters get together and do video podcasts. And they post it to their YouTube page. 
and they do a bunch of giveaways and drawings and all sorts of stuff. They get very interactive with their fan bases. So please go to Variety Sports Network on YouTube. Jesse, shout out to those boys because they do take care of us with the retweets, with the love. Shout out Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports. I think I said that right. I hope I said that right. They always show us a ton of love. I always try and pop in on their live show. They do a great job of just showing up their stream, shows up on the Twitter, so I just pop in and watch a few minutes of that. Shout out to our boy Smash Squad MMA. Did I say that right? I want to make sure I'm saying everybody right. Uh, enormous supporter. We support him. Uh, shout out Jimmy Evans. Happy birthday, brother. Happy belated. I hope you had a good birthday. I hope you had fun. I hope you kept it uh, PG-13. <laughs> shout out Brian Black, our boy. I'm doing a poor job of touching grounds with him, so I want to shout him out. Shout out Chris W. Powers. Again, ladies and gentlemen, the football season is coming up. Next show, which we will be recording next week, fingers crossed, don't jinx it, I'm knocking on wood as I say this, we will be doing UFC recap, Spence Crawford recap, and Paul Diaz, who you got, which I'm excited, excited to do that. And then, of course, we'll start doing some football stuff. Uh, Jess and I have uh, flirted a little bit with booking some guests. I think he's putting out some feelers. I'm putting out some feelers. So August will be an interesting month, Jess. And who am I missing on these shout outs? Uh, let's not forget Shavens and uh, our boy Owlan with his zero. It's zero Owlan. Shout out Ritter. Justin Von Doom. We miss Justin you, buddy. Von Doom. Uh, man, just, Justin's out there just doing rider stuff, man. He's just, he's killing it right now. He's doing really he's good stuff. He's he was at a Reds game. So maybe we should be talking baseball. With him. We, you know, I think that he would like to pump out some baseball stuff. I'm sure. I think um, he just wants to do Texan stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Well, Hey, there's lots of Texan stuff coming up. And if you are a Texans fan, uh, this season is something to get a little excited about. Good stuff going on down there in Houston. So we'll be we'll be telling you our thoughts on the Texans very soon when we do this pickums. It's not pickums. It's an over under. I'm sorry. We we, we do. annual. You know it's what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there right now because I'm super excited about football. I cannot wait to start our over under show. And we do it per uh, what is it per conference or per division. You know, so we'll have like, you know. I want to start with the AFC and then we'll jump into the NFC. We'll do the AFC, so go, go all the way AFC. through. We'll do over-unders so on AFC. records. And in and I just I just love talking footballs. You guys are going to see a huge difference. For for all of the new listeners out there, uh, you, th- you think yourself, man, this Jesse guy gets hyped sometimes. But, man, wait till I start talking some football. I'm hyped all the time. It's, it's, a, it's next level for me. So Your energy was good for this show, though. So thank you yeah, for that. Good. Yeah. All right. Hit the wrap it up button. I think that's everybody, right? Yeah. Folks, everybody that we mentioned, anybody that we didn't, anybody that listens or has listened, new or old listeners, thank you for listening. Yes. And again, thank you for your support. You can catch us on Spotify and Apple, which are our two biggest uh streamers of the show. And then if you have to, you can go to the Spotify podcast link, which is uh, separate from the actual Spotify podcast section. I'm just reiterating that for you. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on Google Podcasts and some other places, but Apple and Spotify are the two biggest. Um, 
So go there, find us, that other sports show. You can also find us on Twitter at that other or Team Toss Twenty One uh, on Twitter and follow us there. You can follow Jason at Veldez spelled backwards five five nine. You can follow me at JTT eighty one. And again, shout out to Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore Sports underscore. Folks, we're out. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Peace.